Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Do you want to have a kiki? I would love to have a kiki. Are we having a kiki now? I don't know, because I don't really know what a kiki is. And I'm I'm still both confused and, and slightly frightened, but also a, a little bit aroused, maybe? I won't lie. A kiki is a party... <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know the words, but a kiki is a is a drag queen term where you sit down and you have a party where you gossip and relax and just chill out. Oh, okay. And then you mash it up with a Broadway show tune. Yeah, but okay. the, like the first three lines of the song is is the definition the of what a kiki. Yeah. I know, but both times I watched it, I was still really distracted by the fact that things were happening and I wasn't ready for them. Oh, okay. We'll get there. We'll get I'm there. trying to crack a uh, walnut if it sounds noisy. Uh, do you have a... Oh, you got it. No, I didn't, actually. This oh, one's a tough really, one. No, that was actually my bone. You know what it is? We we have a good nut... Like, it's a like a holiday thing at, at my house, and it was at my grandparents' house, and now it is at my house that we get nuts. Um, and we started out with a lot of nutcrackers many years ago, and we're down to two, and one is missing right now. I have the shitty ones, mm. and they're just not doing their job properly, and I just really want this last walnut that I took for myself, and it won't open. Oh, I wish you luck there. Thank you. I'll keep I, I trying. have no advice. While yeah. we chat, I will Indeed. keep trying. Oh, that's keep what I was going to do. Plugging away had, at it. I had this grand plan because um, uh, I'm like suddenly realizing, oh my God, it's December 4th and I've done virtually no Christmas shopping and I'm having a holiday party this weekend and I've, I haven't done any decorating yet. Uh, and one of the things I have to do is I have a cute little skeleton hanging on my door and I want to Christmas Christmasify him. Uh, and my plan was like, I'm going to make some little elf hat and stuff. And I was totally going to do that as I sat down and glee casted. Uh, but I forgot to assemble my craft kit. So anyway, I got my walnut open. I'm chewing on it now. I'm, I'm glad you're happy with your <laughs> life choice. Thanks. Oh yeah. So we're glee cast. I'm Emily. America. Uh, we're talking about the eighth episode of season four entitled Thanksgiving. Harley sucks. Oh, Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else in the world to talk about before we go into the episode? I think we could just talk about this episode. All right. Let's just I get feel right. Like we've been pretty consistent with the podcast. Like we're pretty up to date. So I know, which is crazy. We're not uh, like covering 15 other things. True. Maybe, maybe that's why. But it's, yeah, I think we have another, like, three new episodes this month. We can do this, Erica! We can do it! I promise! We can. We totally we can. can. All right. So I'll just delve right into the Glee Cap. Here we go. Go for it. Kikis and lurkies and eating disorders. Oh, my! It's Thanksgiving in the Gleeverse, bringing the class of 2012 home for the holidays and to be mentors for the underclassmen at sectionals. Kitty plants seeds of dissent in the now yellerific Quinn's mind about Puck's brother dating Marley, the latter of whom is terrible and now does nothing but worry and poop. Meanwhile, Puck's brother continues on his new quest to be friends with Cool Rider by giving him a dance solo in exchange for Marley. Rough trade, if you ask me. Meanwhile, Santana sniffs out Kitty's evil and Quinn's typical manicness, and a slap fight ensues. Back in New York, Kurt gives Blaine a maybe-we-can-work-on-this-phone-call, prompted, uh, oh, and Rachel grows up by not acting crazy with Brody. Also, there's a Kiki. At sectionals, New Directions embarks upon offending Asia and then me by ending on a Marley note. A Marley note. I'll just say that two more times. Consider that my rhyme on this very rushed Glee cap about what you missed on Glee. So I feel like I'm in kind of speed vision uh, because this morning I had to get to work a little earlier and I knew it was my only chance to rewatch the episode. So I like watched it and kind of fast forwarded through half of it. Okay. Uh, and then like even I like almost forgot about writing the Glee cap and like wrote it really quickly. So it's, yeah, it's fast mode time. That's fine. We both have things to do tonight, so it's a yeah. fast forward episode. So yeah, we're doing I have this. to decorate the skeleton hanging on my door. Because right yeah. now he is green, so he's Hall- so he's Christmas E, but it's clearly a Halloween decoration that yeah. I like too much to take down. And I have to um, find the cat's collar because apparently she cannot keep on her Christmas collar. She loses it every time I'm not home. Oh, me owner. Um, I That's another thing I have to figure out because... Mookie and Joplin, they have their rhinestone collars, but those aren't very Christmassy. But at the same time, Joplin really doesn't like wearing colors, so I don't know if it's worth investing in one. I don't know. I need to think about things. Clearly, I am very distracted on this episode of Gleecast. All right. I apologize. Let's well, let's do this. Let's, let's right. get it done. So, Wes, where do we start? Want to start with Kurt and Rachel? Um, sure. Since they're very separate from the rest of the story. Um, so, first thing, Rachel. So, we know that they're staying in New York for Thanksgiving. Uh, because, you know, you can only fly back to Ohio so many times when you're unemployed. Exactly. Uh, 
Rachel talks to Brody. He admits, yeah, he slept with Cassie. And he's kind of like, but get over it. Yeah. You're 18. Feel Which with I it. Like. She's like, okay, I guess so. Yeah. Awesome. Good for him. Exactly. Put her in her place. Put her in her place. Everything is at the end of the world. Everything isn't true love. It's just what? You're, you know, we're not dating yet. I don't know. It happened. Deal with it. And she's like, eventually, like, okay, cool. So I really like that. I like that as a sort of new Rachel thing of being an adult. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Kurt, uh, throughout the episode, is still just kind of in closed offness about Blaine. And uh, talks to Isabel, or just Carrie Bradshaw, whatever, however you want to say it, uh, who kind of keeps saying to him that maybe he should call Blaine and talk things out. They throw a Thanksgiving orphan party that turns into a kiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, Kurt decides to give Blaine a call and kind of says to him, um, you know, when I come home for Christmas, let's talk, let's ice skate. You know, I do. Did, did he say I love you? He, he did. did. He said it back, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a really sweet moment that reminds me how those two are are really good actors. Yeah. And even when they're not technically in a scene with each other, I mean, they're on the phone. It's just really sweet. And all the weight of these characters is there. And I care about them. And I'm happy with this development. And I'm warm and fuzzy. Yes, I agree. And I want to see the mice skate at Christmas. I do. Yeah. Uh, Back in Ohio. Um... Back in Ohio, everyone gets assigned a mentor because everyone is home for Thanksgiving, which, which is makes sense. well, it makes sense. But they say that they're home for the holidays already, and they wouldn't technically be home on, through December yet. They would only be home for Thanksgiving, and then they'd be back at school taking finals, and then they'd be home for the holidays. Yeah, that's that's very true. But it makes sense for them to be there this week. And it does. something that Glee did that I actually was really happy with in this episode. Um, was they acknowledged at one point, like, Kurt says to Rachel, like, isn't it weird that sectionals are during Thanksgiving? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, they were trying to sell more tickets. So I like that they kind of knew that that would be a, a question for a lot of people. And we're just, you know, right away kind of telling you why. It's like, all right, sure, why not? Uh, that reminds me, I forgot to figure out who wrote and directed this episode. Um, so um, we have mentors. We do. So everybody gets assigned a mentor. Um, Noah... Noah gets assigned to his brother jake uh mercedes of course gets unique which they don't even have a storyline so nope. whatever Nothing. whatever they're like oh hey you're another large black character <laughs> we, we don't know what to do with you so so we're just gonna put you guys together and put you in the corner and forget that you exist yeah. for the episode. um obviously quinn gets kitty which I find I after all the turns that we've taken with Quinn, I find it surprising that she fell for Kitty's game. True. Um, but on the other hand, Quinn was a tricky one this episode because I kind of liked that she at first seems like, oh, Quinn's in a really good place, and then it's like, no, Quinn's still crazy. Yeah. Like now she's you no, know, now she's um dating a married professor and joining a secret sorority, like. No, it kind of makes sense for the character. The the kitty stuff was a little ridiculous. And the superiority to Santana felt like it came out of nowhere. But you can, I think, talk it out and say, like, well, you know, sometimes your first year in college, you think you're big shit. And especially if you go to Yale, you're going to come home and look down on, you know, somebody who goes to the mere University of Kentucky. Oh. Um, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll give it some leeway just because, A your freshman that first the first year first couple of months of your freshman year it has those kinds of moments and b it's quinn so it's not like we can expect any consistency anyway true i guess you're right yeah um and then santana gets marley um (sighs) which i really wish santana had talked more sense into her yeah it was kind of disappointing now that i think of it that santana wasn't didn't just go all lima heights on her because why couldn't she? Wouldn't she? So that and then kind of... we wouldn't have had to deal with the end. Oh, God. So Marley faints because she's not eating anything and she just keeps pooping. Yeah, she's an idiot. Oh, God. I just, I can't even. It was just terrible. It really was. It got uh, a very, very large eye roll. And oh. also within this is Cool Rider and uh, uh, Puck's brother kind of trade, I guess. So Puck's Puck's brother takes Marley 
is now dating yeah. her. I guess that's a thing. In and return for the dance solo. In return for the dance solo, which then Cool Rider gives back to him anyway. Uh, so, A, on one hand, I'd say poor Cool Rider, but on the other hand, I'd say no, good for him to not date Marley. Oh, and Mike Chang got Cool Rider, right? I think so. I think that's what happened. Must have. Yeah. Because that would make too. sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. So, um, I just, I, I don't, I'm, a, Tupac wasn't too bad for me this week. It wasn't so much the actor's fault as much as it was just like, ah, eh, writing, they don't really know what to, because, you know, you have Quinn being like the biggest womanizer at the school, and yet the character, other than being featured in the song Womanizer, does not seem like a womanizer in the least. So it's yeah. very, they, I'm starting to realize how little they know what to do with him as well. Yeah. Um. So that, you know, ugh, Marley wiped ugh, ugh. Anyway. <laughs> um. And then we've, I guess that was kind of that it. That was it. Like nothing yeah. as much, like as packed as the episode was, nothing really happened. Nothing really changed. I mean, little things did. And and I'm, when I think about it, like I think the Kurt Blaine stuff has been handled really well because it, it happened, and then we had a couple of episodes of them both dealing with it, and then we had this episode of A Step Forward. So I think that was, now that I think about it, kind of a big high point, that yeah. they kind of know what they're doing with those characters, and with Rachel even. So the New York portion is going strong. The Ohio portion needs a little bit of work. It does, a little. Yes. Um, but so we had sectionals, and the main thing about sectionals is we have no idea... Uh, what became of it. We'll find out this week, obviously. Yeah, but... it seemed like a little bit of a to-be-continued because we mm-hmm. had that moment of Will being like, if you walk off the stage, you forfeit. Right, which is in the previews for next week, so right. we, we don't know. Uh, the And even when I was watching the episode, because I was fast-working through it, TVRing, and I was like, wow, there's only like seven minutes left and they haven't performed, or I'm like, I wonder if we're going to find out who wins this week, because I'm like, there's not enough time, and there wasn't, so. Nope. All right, so let's get to the songs, because they were kind of a big part of this episode. Um, They were, I guess. So uh, the first song is a mashup. It's Homeward Bound by and Home by Simon and Garfunkel and Philip Phillips, the worst-named American Idol contestant ever. Oh, I didn't know that was from a American Idol contestant. I think Philip Philip Phillips, Philip 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 Philip. I'm pretty sure where, you were. Oh, I know where I heard the song. Okay, I mean, I know Homeward Bound very well, because I actually really like Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, but the home song, I'm like, where have I heard it? I know I've heard it, like, played a lot. And now I realize they kept playing it at the Olympics for the girls' gymnastics. <laughs> um, like, anytime they would show Gabby Douglas doing a pose, they would play it. Uh, uh, yeah, he won the 11th season of American Idol. God, it's been on 11 years? Yeah. Or 11 cycles whatever well, i think there was even i think that's two years ago i think there was one more after that jeez god we're old um so yeah so this you was a mashup if you will um and all the graduated seniors yeah coming into the auditorium mm-hmm. which i was like i think they should be doing this in breadsticks but then the next scene was at breadsticks mm-hmm. so yeah because when you get home from college what do you do you immediately go out to eat you go oh, to right. the diner that, that, you go to applebee's you go to the places you missed um, you the wednesday night of thanksgiving it's like the biggest go out night because you're all like let's go to friendlies yeah you don't you don't go to school so that bothered <laughs> me but then they were at breadsticks so it was fine <laughs> uh i really like this i this i overall in this episode i was really mixed because I was enjoying the episode, save for the dark hole of soul that was Marley. Yeah. And it really, like, every episode, like, I'd find things to enjoy about each scene. And then Marley would come in and, and I'd, like, grip something and then it would, it would go by. Uh, and, like, again, this started on such a good note. Because I thought this was a, it was a really, pr- it pr- sounded really pretty. Um, I like both of the songs. I really like Homer Bound. So it was, an, it was a well-put-together song. And it was it was sweet to have everybody singing and everybody got their moment and even Mike Chang got the sing. So I yeah, when it. did we start letting him sing? I don't know, but we could do it more often. That was bizarre. I was like, yeah. who is that? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Mike. I was like, what's going on? When did yeah. we start letting him sing? So I was I was really happy. Uh, even and I like the little subtle thing they did was Will um, Will uh, Finn has been dressing like Will again. He has been, <laughs> and it was yeah. kind of cute. Like I actually thought it was endearing. So. Um. Ready for the next song? Sure, sure. Um, it is Come See About Me by the Supremes, done by our unholy triumphant, sure. yeah, Quinn, uh, Santana, and Brittany. And this what was just, you? it was cute. It was just, you know, it was clear that they were being reminiscent of the first number they ever pre- mm-hmm. performed together, which was Say a Little Prayer for You. Yep. 
Um, and it was just that, and it was it was sweet, and it was darling, and I don't think there's that much to say about it, is there? No, I mean, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this, again, it was enjoyable, and it was cute. And sure, it was, you know, girls singing to the, to, to the group in the choir room. But at the same time, it was, I hadn't heard these voices in a while. I hadn't heard these yeah. voices together in a while. You know, the, the point of the song was to show, like, how in sync they were and how in sync the, the New Directions has to be. And I actually thought that that made sense. Like, yeah. even just in terms of the, of the kind of plot aspect of the song, oh, yeah, that you're showing them how you do it. And that's exactly what they did. And it was still enjoyable. So I was, I was like grooving on this episode for so long. Next. Um, next is the Warblers sectionals performance, um, which the next song caused a bit of a hubbub on our Glee cast page, but I didn't see anything wrong with it. It was Whistle by Flo Rider. Okay. Uh, Rida, not Rider. excuse me. Okay. I haven't been able to read the Glee cast page as much as I normally would just because I've been swamped at work. Um, oh, so what was the controversy? It, it was that the song's about a blowjob, <laughs> essentially. I didn't know that's awesome. Well, did you listen to the words? Song. Yeah, yeah, every song oh, is. I watched the dancing, and I, and I had to fast forward through most of it this morning. I... It's like, I'll teach you how to blow my whistle, baby. Just come real close and put your lips together and blow. Oh, whistle, baby. Whistle, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but they were cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were adorable, so it's okay. Um... Yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was the Warblers doing their top forty thing that they do. Mm-hmm. The the two things um, that struck me was when like Hunter Clareton or whatever his you know very waspy name is comes out and he's like I'm Hunter and we hope you enjoy a performance. It just seemed odd. It like was. I feel like they were trying to remind us who this character was, <laughs> but and I they... wonder if that character is supposed to like is going to come back or is going to be important in some way because it felt like there was no reason for like it's not like blaine ever came out and was like i'm blaine warbler and we're gonna <laughs> warble for you like no but it was like this character specifically coming out and being like i'm hunter clarentine you met me last week on glee i might appear again <laughs> how we sing that is funny yeah so he i wasn't crazy about him i mean he's no blaine no he's not and he, it, he's not even a sebastian right unfortunately right. That's, you're right then when sebastian sang it still it wasn't anywhere near if Blaine was doing that but it was it was definitely like uh, instantly more it was better yeah. more better than Hunter um, and Sebastian saying the next uh, Warbler sectional song which was Live While We're Young by One Direction okay who I know because they are the band that They're keeps being places British boy band that they did the song from last year. And this, again, like, say, I think that this one was a little more interesting and just maybe because Sebastian's a little bit more um, engaging a performer. But, yeah, just typical fun Warbler stuff that I never cease to enjoy. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I wasn't, like, all about the music this episode where everybody else was. It's weird, yeah, because I really enjoyed Save for One, which yeah. I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, I liked 90% of the songs this episode quite a bit. Um, so the next song I, t- I totally loved, but I also got really, really excited because <laughs> guess who was in this number? They're... Somebody from, oh, let me guess, from RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, Shandela. Oh, nice. <laughs> Shandela. I was like, that's Shandela. I was like yelling at my TV <laughs> by myself. Like, because, uh, so the Shandela's thing is that when he got on to the first season, well, I guess it was the second season of RuPaul's Drag Race, the first one that I watch. Um, so he got onto that season and he was very, very green. He had only been doing drag for like maybe six months. Okay. Um, so he was like highly criticized by the rest of the contestants and she went home pretty early. Um, but then the next season, they the when they first, everybody gets into the total workroom and uh, they get this big giant box and guess what mm-hmm. pops out? It's Shangela! And she's back for a second chance. Um, so she was on two seasons. Yeah. And then actually did on the third season I watched, which is the fourth season, they actually did it again. They brought her back again, but RuPaul was like, she came in. Well, he came in as him, not as she, but Ru came in and he was like, oh no, no, we're not doing this again. Take her out back. And it led to like doing a trash, um, photo shoot, a garbage photo shoot. (laughs) Um, but not only was it Shangela, but there was also, there's this creepy choreographer who does numbers for them because the the end of every RuPaul's Drag Race is that they're in one of the final three are in one of Ru's videos. Okay. Um, so they have this super creepy male choreographer who like 
only he, he his head is like shaved around and he just like has a ponytail on top of his head and he has like a creepy goatee beard thing and oh okay i spotted him yeah he, he was in the number two and i'm like i wonder if he choreographed it but i didn't uh. put in enough effort to actually look up who he was <laughs> but because i couldn't remember his name from rupaul's but um yeah i was amped that shangela was in it and it, it well, what the genesis of of casting that number was like who? I don't know. They were like, like, who knew who? It was like Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, no, really, I have a bunch of friends that would be great for this. Or, like, was it Ryan? I don't. Yeah, I'm just. I'm curious where the genesis of that group of performers came. Is it? Is it naive and like ist of me to be like, well, I'm sure Ryan Murphy is like tapped into that community. <laughs> Re- uh, uh, sex. It's not. Um, it's not. Like, it, no. What is the right word? For there's that? no like ist gayist. Homophobist. <laughs> homoist i don't know there's no ist for it but it's a very ist thing to say i feel like but i feel like he could be it's possible no certainly i'm trying to think of like all the different guest i mean santino is a judge on on rupaul's so like they tap into other shows right 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 um santino from santino rice from season two of project from yes thank you um I'm trying to think of the various guest judges that they have had that someone who might be linked to Glee. I can't think of I think they had Yeah, Amber Riley. Amber Riley, yeah. 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 So there you go. Amber Riley was like, I want like, Shangela. Yo, bitches, I got some friends. She was they like, I, want, I need Shangela on this episode. So anyway, the number was let's have a Kiki um uh, match mashed up, up with, with Turkey Lurkey. Um which... by Scissor Sisters and from Promises Promises. Okay. Um, so the, when this movie the song started, I was like, huh, I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know what's I, happening. I, I don't know what's happening, and I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then um, by the end, I was like, I love it, but it still yeah. kind of creeped me out. And the second time around, the I loved it more the second time around, but I was still like, if I was in that room, I'd be really uncomfortable. And not because like there were drag queens, but just because you had them every. The, it was the the nature of the Kiki song was just very like and everybody was doing the same dance moves and they were moving their heads in, in it, the kind of direction that kind of freaked me out um but what was bizarre was just i guess i mean i've never heard the original song but i guess the original song opens that way with like a phone call so it was just like sarah mm. jessica parker talking about going to the club and i was like what is she talking about yeah, I don't the understand. first time i was really confused by it and then the second time i'm like oh this must be part of the song because then the first line is like about the phone call yeah um, but, yeah so it was just weird but i loved it and i and it like that to me was like what I used to love about this show, yeah. which is, hey, let's have a crazy song where it, it might kind of advance the plot, but it's clearly, it, it was the Broadway musical style of everybody just get up and sing and, and choreograph. Yep. And Glee doesn't do that enough because they're so stuck on standing in front of the choir room and singing. And so this, it had, an, it had a whole different kind of energy from anything we've seen this season. Yep. And it was just weird and great. One last RuPaul reference is mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure that I heard it right, but I'm pretty sure someone shouted hunty towards the end, which is a mashup of, we haven't said this word in a long time. It's a mashup of honey and cunty. Um, Hunty. So they use it as like a, kind of like a, like I'm being sweet to your face, but I really hate you. Like they call each other hunty on the show. And I'm pretty sure I heard someone say that, but I'm not 100% positive because I don't know if Glee could get away with it. But I only watched it once, so I should watch it again and find out if they really said hunty. Interesting. There, I've I've learned a lot of really fun words from watching RuPaul's Drag Race. That I need I, to watch it. I just I've just never have time to watch anything new yet. There are words that I could never actually use in public, so. So use them in Glee cast. Yeah, like hunty and my squirrel friend, like squirrel, but it's it's a friend that you share your nuts with. Oh. But it sounds like girlfriend. Oh. Oh. But they have nuts, so it's funny. Squirrel friend. Interesting. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. it <laughs> took me time. It took me time, too. I like. <laughs> I actually looked it up on Urban Dictionary, and then I was like, oh, someone oh. share your nuts with. I get it. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Kiki performance, A plus for me. Yes, me too. Um, Next, the, the Rosedale Mennonites with Over the River, and she'll be coming oh, around the mountain. so great. <laughs> And I know, I know, I know. Glee does the same thing every season. Oh, we get the we get the um, wacky guest judges and the like, you know, the warblers or vocal adrenaline against New Directions and against one token wacky wacky choir. 
But I really enjoyed this because it was ridiculous and cute. But again, it's just them being like, what's on TV nowadays? Oh, um, see, uh, uh, here's the other thing. Called? I don't watch that much TV, so I forgot that like Mennonites were a thing now. I was just thinking it more like, you know, yeah, weird Mennonite. I forget what the name of the show is on TLC. Being Amish, Leaving I, Amish. Yeah, something. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. I watch a couple of episodes. But yeah, so um, you're right. It was, well, <laughs> okay. I think that's the best segue into speaking of speaking what's of- now. Oh, God. I I was just offended by this. Were yeah, you no, offended? I, I, yeah, I get it that Glee was going to do Gungam Style because it's the thing now. I understand that, and that was fine. But for them to do it at sectionals, first of all. Hi. For um, them to do instantly. it at sectionals. For them to have their only Asian sing the Who Korean song. not Korean, right? Aren't we pretty sure Tina is not Korean? No, she is not. Exactly. As soon as it started, like, once that hit me, at first I was like, oh, Tina got to sing. And then I was like, I don't think Tina's Korean. Oh, my God. They had the Asian girl sing the Asian song. It was so offensive. I was just offended by the entire number. And why the fuck did they get confetti cannons? How is that not cheating? Who are they? Sue Sylvester and the Cheerios? Yeah. And the dancing wasn't anything because it was just the video. So, like, watching this the whole time, I'm like, well, I really hope the Warblers win. Yeah, I hope they they have no right not to. I do. I hope New Directions loses. And we could do something else for the rest of the season besides right. talk about regionals and nationals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Fine with that. Just um, let them lose. The Glee Club is doing nothing and we could go to New York. <gasps> that's good. Maybe that's what happens. They'd be very smart to do that. They would be very smart to do that. Maybe. Maybe, Erica. Maybe. You might be onto something. That's too smart for them. Oh, God. And find the confetti cannons. Okay. Um, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, and then, of course, we have And again, Marley I understand they had to do it. it. And if they had thrown it in any other time, it would have been fine. But, but so not at sectionals. Stupid to do it at sectionals. Stupid to have Tina sing it. Ugh, yeah. I was and so offended. That's I. That's all I could think. And it just, thing. it killed it. Because, again, to me, the episode up to that point was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't like last week's. Um, but it was, it had some, like, higher, mo- like, Whereas last week was just um, a very strong episode where it just wasn't lagging. It was kind of a likable episode. This episode had some great high points. You know, I thought the songs were all really good. It had a couple of scenes between characters that worked for me. And then you end on this note. <laughs> I was not happy. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, uh, I know. That being said, high notes. I actually have a lot. It was okay. uh, it was a. There were a lot to like about this episode. There was a lot of good one-liners. Puck had that throwaway line at Breadsticks where he was like, I was like, you girls are going to need another cup, which makes me think that Puck is trying to take credit for starting two girls, one cup. (laughs) Even though that's an old, old joke, if that's what they were trying to reference. Um, I have this written down, but I don't remember what it's in reference to. Shit. Where Artie was like, I don't know about that. Oh, when um, Finn said, any one of these guys can be president of the United States. Oh, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, Artie, again, Artie had some very good... They need to use him more. They do. They really do. Um, Kevin McHale is so good. He is. Um, uh, Brittany's line that Mercedes was cloned was great. Um, (laughs) That their their hand jive looked more like a hand jive. Oh, yeah. So good. Um... I like let's say I'm still referencing white chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hello, hello, white chocolate. Um, I enjoyed the moment, <laughs> the, Joe's one moment in six episodes where he was like, <laughs> "Sam, toes, bro," and Sam just got to be like, "Wear shoes," because <laughs> Sam was logical for once. Um, I liked Puck's explanation of Loopy Quinn. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And just the whole. Let's have a Kiki number because that okay, was just yeah. good times. Kiki was great. Uh, I liked. I thought Santana was really on this episode. I just thought her the writing for her was sharp and good, to, like good old fashioned Santana. Um, so her scene with Quinn where she's just insulting her, you know, like oh you're because you're so hot shit because you're joining some lame Nazi sorority. Uh, like it just it felt very Santana. I like that. Uh, oh oh Beth, I'm sure Beth caught this. That, I don't know, there was a shot of the laptop at one point. Um, I can't remember when it was or what it had to do with anything. But they showed, like, a laptop that said, like, 
this now belongs to New Direction, yeah. <laughs> which must have been the laptop that they left. That the war rooms left. So I'm sure that must have made Beth very happy. Uh, and I really like that they answered the question of why are we having sectionals during Thanksgiving before we had to ask it. Uh, yeah, and just in general, the Kurt and everything in New York, great. Loved it. Yep. Yeah. Low notes. Um, low notes, Marley. Yep. I hated that whole scene in the bathroom where she's eating a Tic Tac. That's yeah. also from RuPaul's Drag Race, actually. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to get technical, I wonder who wrote this episode because it was written by two people, actually. One of the uh, rare ones I've seen that have two writing credits on it. It was directed by Bradley Buecher, who's directed a whole bunch of Glee. Written by Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner. Let's take a look at who they are, because I would not be surprised if they have. They must have some uh, some pedigree here. Okay. Um. So Russell Friend, who only has one L in his name, which is kind of strange, uh, has worked on Boston Public, Roswell, LAX, House MD, has written for those same shows, plus Smallville. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Lerner. Ooh, picture of him. He's a, <laughs> <laughs> he's a man. Um, producer, Glee, <laughs> House MD, all the same things, it seems like. I don't see so any. So they're probably uh, like a writing team. They must be a writing team, yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the Tic Tac thing, whenever it's down to the final three, Rue has a heart-to-heart with each of them over lunch. And lunch is always one Tic Tac. She has tongs and she takes the Tic Tac out and puts it on their plate. And they always have some like witty comment like, oh, I'm stuffed. I couldn't possibly. Or maybe just half. or Because it's, it's funny when you do it jokingly. It's not right. funny when you're have it, a literally. Yeah. fucking... Uh-huh. And she puts it on the edge of the sink, which is just disgusting because you're in a public bathroom. Ugh, yeah, right. God, bulimia is so 1987. It really is. Yeah. Uh, um, my low notes, you can see them in my outline. Oh, my I didn't, outline. I didn't my outline low notes. A, fucking Marley. B, fucking racism. Those are my low notes. <laughs> I have a couple more. Okay, go for it. <laughs> um... Fuck it. As much as I just gave Joe credit for a good moment, he also had a really bad moment. He gave us a Bible verse really, really, really. really. How many people do you want to piss off? You're having a kid say a Bible verse. I mean, at least they turned it around and laughed in the end, Mm -hmm. but that pissed me off. Um, And then perhaps my my biggest low note. This is going to be such a letdown (laughs) because I absolutely... There is a passing reference made by Sarah Jessica Parker to... A local New York pizza place called Two Boots Pizza, mm-hmm. which I despise. I don't what? know. I don't know if you know this. Why would you not like Two Boots? It's so good. Because here's the problem. the The problem is that we had like my freshman year of college. Me and Lindsay and Lisa definitely had a run in with the guys who work there. They were super, mm. super, super douchey and obnoxious to us. Mm. But I don't actually remember the story. Which and two boots, though, because there's a few of them now. Was it the one on 7th and 11th? I don't know. It was the one next to the two booths theater. Because that's. Oh, so the one the... on the Lower East Side. So I remember this is basically. And I, I actually went. At when they made the comment, I went to both Lisa and Lindsay to be like, do you remember why I hate this place? And Lisa basically was like, I know we hate them, but I don't remember why. And Lindsay didn't answer my text. So I'm really sorry. I don't remember the story, but I know that we went down there for a mid, like a midnight screening of Donnie Darko. Okay. And we had drank beforehand because that's what you did in college. You went to the movies. College? I mean, you went to the movies drunk. That's what you did. And, and well after, yes. Um, and I know we were like early for the screening and they weren't letting us in yet. So we went to get pizza and I don't remember why, but I know they were so obnoxious to us. Like, <laughs> could you have just been really drunk? No, we were weren't that drunk. They were, I know they were mean to us and I hate them. And it made me so angry that Sarah just referenced them. Oh, but there, maybe she was talking about another restaurant. Cause there's a couple of chains. There's a chain. There's one in Jersey city now. Well, I don't They're really like good. They have, cause they have that like, cornmeal crust. Cause it's like new Orleans style pizza. Yeah. Oh, so good. I don't care. They insulted me. I will never eat there. Okay. Other list listeners. I recommend two boots pizza. It's really good. No, don't. They're yeah. hipster elitists and they're jerks. They were okay. hipsters before they were hipsters, which makes them so elitist and jerky. That Ooh, that's you... a good point. Actually a pre hipster hipster is the worst. It, they are. They were. Cause this was 2001 and they were already being hipsters and elitists. So, <laughs> Um, I had kind of a low note, kind of a straight observation, because I don't know if it was supposed to be like 
silly or not. Sarah Jessica Parker's character is like, when Kurt's like, oh, which movie do you want to see, The Hobbit or uh, Les Mis? And she's like, well, I do love the French Revolution. <laughs> Les Mis isn't really about the French Revolution. It's about like the student revolutions of like the 19th century. So it's, it's like, I don't know if, if, it was, if it was like a joke of like the writers joking that she didn't know that or if they were making a joke or if not, I don't know. Or if they didn't know that. Or if they didn't know. I really don't know. But I caught that and I... The first time I just thought it was a really awkward conversation because it didn't feel very sharply written. The second time I was like, well, no wonder why, because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or the character's stupid, which might be the case. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, then. So that's all I got. Should we Feedback? move on to feedback? Sure. I will read Brianne's feedback entitled, What is a Kiki again? She says, hello, people of GleeCast. So here we are again. I must admit that during this episode, I realized that it is the podcast and this group that really has kept me holding on to Glee, not the actual show. Me too. Seriously. (laughs) That is not to say that I didn't enjoy this week's episode because I did. However, it was so difficult having the originals back and remembering how good the show was in season one. What's been increasingly... What's... What's been increasingly happening over the years is that more characters have been added with pretty much no one leaving. So more stories are added, which means more people to focus on, but still only one hour. So much happens that so much happened throughout the episode that it almost felt all over the place and not enough was concentrated on one story. The show lacks focus. I miss feeling excited that it's Glee Night. Now I don't care if I fall asleep during it and we'll just watch it the next day. But on to the actual episode. I decided to write about pretty much each scene to show you how many actual scenes there were and how much (laughs) crap they crammed into 42 minutes. Scene one. The opening was great. Homeward Bound Home was beautiful. From the first note, it was apparent why the show was a hit from the beginning. Mm -hmm. These people are so talented and Quinn's shoes were super cute. The whole episode, they were cute. Um, it's unfortunate, though, that Kurt and Rachel were not there. It did remind me of my first time home from college over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing to be back with the people who have known you since you were little and for them to now see the person you've you've become having been away for been away from home for three months. I became a lot fatter. But. <laughs> yeah. Scene two. But I had been home before that. I lived far too close. Right. Right. Um, I came home for homecoming and stuff. Scene two, back in the choir room. I enjoyed Santana knocking Finn down a peg just like old times. Brittany made a dumb comment about Mercedes being cloned when paired with Maid. <laughs> I loved Artie's expression when Finn said the grads could all be president, and he said, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I don't know why he's Willis when I say it. Or not Willis, but the other, what's the other kid's name? Who says, what uh, you talking about, Willis? Willis? Oh, uh, 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 oh my god. Yeah, Gary well, Coleman. What if yeah. Gary Coleman's name on different strokes? I don't know, but I don't know when. Yeah. I... Well, the store is closed. Just trying to. Have <laughs> I don't know why when I do okay. Artie saying I don't know about that he becomes Gary Coleman. Gary doing... Coleman on on different strokes. What was his name? Arnold. Arnold. Really? Arnold. Okay. Yeah, Thank it you. was. Why I become Arnold. But anyway, Brian continues. It's been so nice to have them back, but is anyone else noticing how much the grads are walking around like the Untouchables when Artie and Tina were part of the original group before everyone? <laughs> and they're, and before anyone that's there besides Vim. Scene three, Rachel and Kurt decide to stay in New York. It's a believable storyline. Plenty of people don't come back for Thanksgiving since the semester will be over in a few weeks and they'll be home for a month. Of course, Rachel and Kurt were great and lovable in their scene, but it was short. This is why I started. This is when I started realizing how much crap they were cramming into one episode. Okay, crap isn't a good word. Maybe I should say stuff. People want more Rachel and Kurt, but they can't do that without introducing more characters and having less McKinley. Scene four, Tina has to be has to be so mad when in the next mm-hmm. scene. Wait, Tina had to be mm-hmm. so mad. When in the next scene, Brittany Santana and Quinn were giving dance tips to the group. Is Glee so forgetful that they used to have Tina do the dance numbers before the Cheerios joined Glee? The directing was terrible, too, because Tina acted all excited to see them sing. If I was (laughs) Tina, I'd be upset that I wasn't included in that. I was very pleased with their musical number, Come See About Me. It wasn't anything over the top, but it was a good choice for Quinn. It was reminiscent of reminiscent of other songs she's done. Doo-wop 60s pop is definitely her genre. Why can't Glee do me more music like this? Mm-hmm. It feels like lately all they want to do is be on top of the newest music. One of the many things that made Glee great in the first season was its ability to teach people about songs from another time. They cared more about picking songs that fit the story and the feel of the show than having to showcase how cool and hip they were. Agreed. Scene 5. I could care less about Jake and Ryder's 
budding, budding bromance. Jake is down playing his dancing so Ryder can be the lead. Wake me up when the scene is over. <laughs> scene six. Now we're back in New York. Brody is teaching dance class. He doesn't deny sleeping with Cassandra, but then again, what guy would? <laughs> Rachel was so mad at him, she was leaving class, but then the scene ends with her inviting Brody to Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, okay. So she was unsure about her stance with her ex-boyfriend, so it's okay for the for this guy to have slept with their teacher. Cool. Come over and make, come, come over and make me a turkey. Ugly. I don't know. I'd deal with it. Yeah, they weren't together. Yeah. Scene 7, Kitty worships Quinn. I'm assuming we are supposed to believe that Kitty has always been around and loving Quinn from afar. Kitty convinced Quinn to get to get Jake to lay off Marley, which I'd care about, but wait, I don't. Yeah. I don't care because there has been no consistency. This week is Jake, last week it was Ryder, and the week before that it was Jake. Establish some chemistry, a relationship. I need mm-hmm. investment in a couple before I care about wenches be- wrenches being thrown into the situation. Or wenches. <laughs> or wrenches. Uh, Be when you throw a wrench in. <laughs> scene eight, Kurt and Isabel. I enjoy their little friendship. I'm glad she's encouraging Kurt to give Blaine another chance to at least talk and forgive in order to move on. He invited her to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner, which seems awkward to me. I don't know if I'd be okay with having my boss at a feast. Isabel seems awesome, and as we see later, it works out. Scene nine, Santana found Morley's laxatives, which somehow led to Quinn and Santana slapping each other. Quinn's banging her professor. The scene was way too quick. It was almost like they threw in the scene so they could have a picture of the slap circulate the web as we saw. It didn't lead to anything throughout the episode. It doesn't drive. It didn't drive anyone to question Marley. It did nothing for the episode. Yeah, good point. Scene 10. Jake is a trained ballerina. He's going to help Ryder learn to dance. The kid who can't read who learns dance moves by knowing the words first. Right? Did I read that right? Yes, yeah, by yes. knowing the words first. And now he has to learn the words in another language. Right. Like, we didn't see... Mirner. Mirner's just standing in front of my television screen. <laughs> Aww. Move your butt! Move out of the way. Thank you. Like we, well, like, we don't see what's going to happen next. Which reminds me, Marley will pass out later, mid-performance. Spoiler alert. Because that's never happened to someone with an eating <laughs> on TV before. That's sarcasm, Avi. Remember on Full House when DJ didn't eat and the whole family went to the gym? DJ passed out on the treadmill. We could always learn from 80 sitcoms, people. I've actually seen that episode, too. Scene 11, New York City prepping for Thanksgiving. Sectionals is on Thanksgiving? Glee never ceases to think of stupid things. (laughs) I was mad mad they aired an episode of Glee on Thanksgiving. I can't imagine any families being okay with their kids performing in a Glee competition on Thanksgiving. Sectionals is always conveniently at McKinley, but these other schools have to travel from other parts of the states. I want to believe in you, Glee. (laughs) I do, but you make it so hard. (laughs) No schools would be okay with this happening. <laughs> Scene 12. Unique is back. He couldn't be unique for the play, so they could bring Santana back. Now, a week later, he decides he's going to do it anyway. Convenient. <laughs> Scene 13. Show circle. Joe was being all religious, but my conclusion was we need more Artie. He had yep. one line, and it was a highlight of the entire episode, besides his snide comment in the choir room earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Scene 14. Sectionals begin. There hasn't been enough Blaine in this episode, by the way. Never. Never is. First first up are the Warblers and what a terrible song to do for singing competition. (laughs) Flo Rida is a rapper. His song Whistle is not going to show off your artistic abilities. Just another prime example of Glee wanting to be current rather than talented. I was in a choir and we rarely, rarely sang songs in English, let alone pop hits. It was a nice break if we got... It was a nice break if we got to sing a Beatles song or something from the 60s or 70s. I do, en- I did enjoy Live While We're Young. Okay, so I have a cougar crush on Harry Styles from One Direction, but it's a song. It requires singing for the singing competition. Plus, Sebastian did a great job. The dancing was awesome as well. Marley starts freaking out, and all I can think is get this girl a sandwich stat. Scene 15, let's have a kiki turkey lurkey time. I think queens make everything better, so I can't really give an unbiased opinion on this. But I must say, my Thanksgiving dinner looked nothing like this. I need to become friends with some queens and invite them over to parties for entertainment this at all times. This is very true. Shangela, we need to be friends, Shangela. <laughs> How do we do that? Let's she see. actually wasn't my favorite on the show. Raven is my favorite. Hmm. I would like to be Raven's friend. Thank you. Or Pandora Box. Um, <laughs> or Juju Pete. Uh, scene 16. I really enjoyed Breaking Amish. Breaking Amish, that's what it's called. On TLC. Uh. So big ups to the Mennonites. Plus they sang songs that I actually did sing in school and you really can't beat something that ends with America. Stand an O from this gal. <laughs> scene 17. Finally some Blaine time. Cleaners of the world could hear sobbing tears of joy. There is hope yet. Christmas needs to come now so these two can reunite on ice. Stop trying to climb onto the TV, Mirner. <laughs> give them their own show and Rachel can be there as their straight friend. I really don't need anyone else. Mike Chang and Artie can visit occasionally. I was glad that Isabel was there at the perfect moment to give Kurt the hug he needed. 
At this moment, I looked at the clock and thought, there are only seven minutes left and New Direction still has not gone on. And has anyone else been mad that there has been absolutely no mention to that forgotten romance between Sam and Mercedes? She was back for Greece and now, and now this, but no mention made. This is what happens with a cast of 189 people. Stories no, no, no. But you know what? It's okay. Because remember what happened last season when Glee remembered that Sam and Mercedes were a couple? Do you remember how awful that storyline was and how it just kept going and going and going? Yes. And then there was then there was Tyler Durden. Yes, Tyler Durden. No, so I don't don't shh, Brianne. Shh. <laughs> don't remind them. Uh, scene eighteen. Finally, the new directions come out with Gangnam Style. We knew it was coming, but this still but still this song isn't really a song. You don't need musical talent for it. Why would you pick this for a singing competition? Exactly. Even if not show up their voices. Even worse, why would you have the Asian in your group sing it? That's somewhat racist. Jake can really move, so this must be why he was hired. Just let him dance and let the originals have the plot and the lines, and then Marley passes out, and nobody was shocked. This is definitely my most long-winded feedback yet, but seriously, is this normal 18 scenes for a 42-minute show? Do the math. That's less than three minutes for each scene. How can anything good happen in three minutes in three-minute scenes. Let's have a kiki about this. Mr. <laughs> Shu is going to wake up in the season finale and find this whole season will be a nightmare. I don't mean to complain, but having the originals back made, really made me miss what a good show this was. Made me what was so good about the show. More complaints next week, unless there's a heck of a lot more Blaine next week, or somebody blows up McKinley while Blaine, Artie, Sam, Brittany, and Sugar are cutting to go to the Lima Bean, and they all move to New York City. Brienne. Yeah. That's a good storyline, too. I'll take that plot line. I will take that one. I will take the spinoff with, uh, you know, Blaine, Kurt, and Rachel, and then occasional visitors, Mike and Artie. Cool. Fine. Great. (sighs) Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. All right. Next up, I will read, I guess, John's. Sure. All right. John writes... (laughs) <laughs> the um the title of his email is Marley as it girl. Really? Her? Dear Emily and Erica. It occurred to me while watching Dynamic Duets that one of the main problems with Glee in its fourth season is the same problem that it that has been at the root of the entire volume of problems on NBC's problematic smash. Do you follow? There are a lot of problems. Oh John, we follow. Oh, <laughs> oh god, I can't wait for us to come back. On Smash, we're expected not only to accept but embrace the hypothesis set forth that Karen Cartwright Bland is the days long Karen, Karen Catherine McPhee, is the new it girl of the Great White Way. And why? Because people like Deborah Messing, Christian Borrell, that guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, and Angelica Houston, and her wigs, keep telling us she is. But then there's the immediate contradiction of Ivy, real-life Broadway vet, Megan Hilty. She may have a pill addiction and a whole bevy of mother issues, but at least she's got a personality and a killer set of pipes. Where Karen is simply pleasant, boring, easily confused, and rarely properly pouty. Karen's not bad, she's just not Ivy. To bring it back home, Glee, Marley's not bad. She's just not Rachel. Sure, Rachel's bangs, sweaters, and Streisand love may have gotten somewhat grating, but when Finn and Jesse St. James went head-to-head for her, I bought it. When Ryder and Jake butted heads, not once, but twice, over Marley, all I could think was, really? Her? They've got a lot of work ahead of them if they're to convince us, or at least me, that Marley is the next big thing here. Maybe it's the actress, maybe it's the writing, maybe it's those fucking hats, but something is just not registered. I think it's all of those things. Yeah, and I mean, I could not agree more, and I had the exact same problem with Smash, and Erica disagreed with me on that. I didn't, I like Catherine McPhee. I just, I, I didn't have a problem with her, but the idea that she was the next big thing when you have her performing beside somebody who is way more talented than her... Yeah, you, the the show is asking you to make the make it decision, choose sides that don't make sense for you to choose. So anyway, John continues. Okay, I'm done beating up Marley. I'll turn my attention to the rest of dynamic duets. I was a little concerned from the opening, from with Blaine and company wearing tights, capes, and bald caps, that it would be really silly. But this being Glee, it was charming nevertheless. I'll give it to the writers for not dry, dropping the the Bert Blaine Kurt breakup immediately, as they sort of seem to have done with Finn and Rachel. But then I suppose that's because Bert Blurt is a fan favorite and not Tina and Mike. Mm-hmm. Finn, so lost my place. Finn's choir director is, well, at least he owns a sweater vest. I'm starting to wonder if Finn is supposed to be the hero we cheer for, and this is one of the final steps of his hero's journey. It's like he's Harry Potter, which makes Shoe his Dumbledore, so I'm assuming in DC he's going to be killed, preferably by Alan Rickman. <laughs> at least show us that, Murphy. God, I would love to have Alan Rickman guest read So Ryder's dyslexic? Of course he is. It's not that I'm disappointed. In this, it's not that I'm disappointed in this storyline. I was just surprised to realize that it hasn't come up yet on the show in the first place. At least there was some development between him and Jake. I just wish it wasn't so obvious or sudden. 
I'll tell you a brotherhood I am down with, Sam and Blaine. While I'm not a huge fan of montages, I am a fan of David Bowie. And more than either of those, over the last few episodes, I've come to thoroughly enjoy the romantic moments between the two. Sam's a nice goof, one of the rare bits of consistency since the introduction way back in season two. And his heart-to-heart with Blaine, not to villainize himself, was the high point for me in this hour. Brief high notes. Anybody else notice how Tina, a.k.a. Asian Persuasion, was immediately shut down by Blaine Reekert in front of everybody? Now she's getting public shaming? Cold and apt. <laughs> Beast's love of superhero garb. Damn, Dot Marie Jones is awesome. The shout-out to Horrid Funk and Night of Neglect as the worst themes ever. This is how you do self-aware humor, something they've lost a grip on with Sue. Siri, was it Kiki? I think I am real and you are the machine. Low notes. Puck, don't get me wrong, love the character, but one scene? At least he had that awesome mohawk. Those costumes. It was cute in the first scene, but then it just got annoying. I get that McKinley High lives in an alternate universe, but when where students walk around in capes for days in a row, God, that must smell. <laughs> Kitty, Warblers, and pretty much any other villain in this episode. Maybe it was part of the superhero theme that all of them were so over the top. I believe that of Warblers, but not the, but double the rest, but doubt the rest. But the blatant villainy of these teens has reached a new level of lunacy. Maybe it takes balls to be so horrifically verbal to so horrifically verbally assault the lunch lady who is a school employee, so why isn't Figgins doing anything about? Oh, right. Or to strut down the hallway, speaking so loud and clear about eating disorders. But just as it's hard to buy Merle as the it girl for lack of it factor, it's hard to take any of these bullying issues seriously when they all sound like they stepped out of an Archie comic book, <laughs> albeit a rather dark Archie. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I have other thoughts comparing Smash to Glee and a long gestating belief that perhaps the most evil character on the show is Marley's own mother. I'll explain, I swear. Until <laughs> next time. Uh, I want to hear that. that I want to hear that theory. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really do. We need that theory now, John. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I mean, the the bullies of Glee, I've always gone on record as saying, uh, you know, I didn't know bullies like that in my high school. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, again, it was like, if you made fun of, like, the geeks, somebody else would say to you, like, like you didn't go after the, the obvious targets. So... I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I never believe it of TV, but then, you know, there are people who say, no, my high school was like that, so I don't know. But I want to hear about Marley's mom as evil. Uh, that, yeah, I want to yes. know it. Tell us. Indeed. Um, it's funny, I actually, I just finished reading a really good book, which everyone should read, called Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn, but there was a character in it that was just, like, described as, like, a large, like, not necessarily large, but, like, a imposing non-attractive woman and i totally pictured dot marie jones throughout the entire book oh nice. <laughs> but i loved her it made me like the character um, i've done that dot marie jones is one of those characters i've done that oh when i was reading game of thrones dot, <laughs> dot marie jones is brianna of tarth to me oh really yeah because it, interesting it's, because, again remember i haven't watched season two yet so i haven't right. seen the actress but dot marie jones because they just i mean the, the character yeah. of Brienne is like six foot tall very broad-shouldered um, and has beautiful blue eyes. So it's it, it's Dot Marie Jones completely. Just I just picture her younger with longer hair. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Angie actually has volunteered to take over our hat watch since because I because somebody wasn't doing her job so miserably. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a message from her with her hat watch. Um, she does say she's cooking up something special for hat watch, but thinks it'll start next week. Um, so for this week. She says, one, Marley and her stupid new newsboy cap. Is that Ryan Murphy trying to put his signature on the show? I forgot that he wears those, too. He does. Um, two, sectionals judge, train conductor's cap, choo-choo. <laughs> Three, Mennonite choir, all the ladies had bonnets. <laughs> I assume we can call them hats, we by can. the way. BT-dub, I laughed my ass off the entire time they sang. No, no formal feedback for me this week, but I have three words, clean phone call. Till next time, Angie. <laughs> You can find her at Two Old Ladies Write Glee at blogspot.ca. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, the yeah, I think Hat Watch is still very important to to following Glee. So thank you, Angie. Much and appreciated. Now... Last but certainly not least, the one and only Wayne Kotke, <laughs> who titles his email, "It's the most quinderful time of the year." E one and E two. For my feedback this week, I'm just sending you the notes I took during the episode, totally unedited. I'm writing this as I watch. Good luck to all of us. Here we go. Glee is nothing if not a commercial for itself. Most shows wait 20 to 30 years before they do a reunion special. Glee does one in its fourth season while it's still fucking running. <laughs> the opening song is nice, I guess, but I wish it hadn't been a mashup and that the tempo hadn't been so draggy. One of the charms of Homeward Bound is that it's humble sounding and intimate. Glee typically makes it grandiose and bombastic. God damn, these people hang out their old high school a lot. 
I never set foot in mine once I graduated. Well, maybe once to vote. Did you, were you one who went back to your, I guess you said you went back to homecoming. Um, I went back for homecoming, but I think that was it. I didn't go back like, and that was just because like my friends were going to be there. Right. Like, right. it's not like I had a lot of underclassmen friends or anything. Sure. I, so like we were, we were there for homecoming. So a bunch of us went back, but I think that's mm-hmm. the only thing I ever went back for. Yeah. I went back for like one concert. Like I was home during winter and that's when they had the winter concert and it was so uncomfortable and weird feeling that I'm like, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> and I haven't. Wynn continues, even Marley's thoughts are boring, right? Even her fucking dreams are boring, by the way. Way to keep Artie as the one realistic, plausible character, again, offering a counterpoint to Finn. I like Quinn's genuine discomfort at being getting hugged by Kitty. This is why I miss Deanna of Aragon as an actress on this series. Oh, God, sectionals is going to boil down to three choirs, the good guys, the bad guys, and the one gimmick choir no one cares about. It's time to break out of these patterns, Glee. Rachel and Kurt's unconventional Thanksgiving. Is this going to wind up being a repeat of the anti-prom episode in which the lesson was that you shouldn't even try to start new traditions because there are some events which are bigger than all of us? Actually, it's not, Wayne. (laughs) Jenna Ushkowitz's inner thoughts. I hate all of you. 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 (laughs) I like that. Uh, Come see about me. It's a lot like most of the act. Oh, hang on. Mookie, stop it. Okay. No, no. Hey. Stop it. What is he doing? He was sitting on my lap being fine. And then like I moved in a way that didn't please him. So he started biting me ah. um, annoyingly. So I threw him off my lap and then he was kind of batting me. And now he's just sitting next to me, staring at me, twitching his tail with a really dirty look in his face. But I guarantee in about two minutes, he'll come back on my lap and just fall asleep. Okay. Wayne, conti- sorry about that. Wayne continues. Come see about me is a lot like most of the actresses on Glee. It's cute, but too thin. Listen to the original Supremes version. It's a monster. The Glee version would topple over with a slight breeze. Oh, Jesus. Choir room reaction shots, the lowest form of Glee. You know what? I'm done with the lockers on this show. Enough, Glee. Basta. Marley and Jake create an event horizon of boredom when they have a season, <laughs> when they have a scene together. They still practice the Foxtrot? Why? When was the last big Foxtrot musical you saw? Brody is quote-unquote teaching this class and doing absolutely nothing. The students at Niata are wasting their indulgent parents' money. Meanwhile, I guess, Whoopi Goldberg is in hibernation somewhere. Actually, we see she comes back next week. Yep. Quinn gets dragged into TV's most boring love quadrangle. Don't care, never will. Kurt has a scene with Sarah Jessica Parker. Nothing special. And now Quinn, their straight A Yale student, remember, is so dumb that she's taken in by the transparently evil Kitty. Does Kitty have some power of hypnosis over people who stand within three feet of her? That's the only explanation. But all this leads to a Quinn Santana smackdown. Fun, right? Uh, Yeah, except it feels a little, I don't know, forced, I guess. And the story about Quinn's affair with her professor is infuriating. The writers still have no respect for the character. Well, obviously, but I like that it's consistent about that. (laughs) So the Jake and Ryder friendship is happening in a way. I'm glad because their half-assed rivalry was just annoying and sad. The prize, let's not forget, is Marley. Marley and her goddamn hat. (laughs) But the friendship feels a little stiff and contrived, too. The actors are so constrained by the plot that they barely have any room to breathe. Just let people act like people, Glee. And don't worry about the little life-working lessons into dialogue every five seconds. Oh, they cut from Rachel to Marley to show that Marley is some kind of new Rachel. Hmm, subtle glee, so subtle. I'm so bowled the fuck over by the subtlety of this moment. And you waited a whole zero episodes from the last time you did this exact same thing. A Marley unique walk and talk. Oh, joy. And unique has given us a little, given us more little life lessons. Oh, bliss in heaven. Jesus H. Tap dancing Christ glee for once this season to show the characters acting like human beings who don't explain the plot to each other in long, phony sounding speeches. Give your audience some fucking credit for a change. We'll figure out the moral of the show on our own. You don't have to spell it out for us. That was all. <laughs> I did my best to express that. You did a good job. Thank you. Finn has a tradition of fucking the pre-competition show circle and fucking... (laughs) (laughs) He just likes to fuck it. All right, guys. One at a time. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) He throws his two white dreads, two spouts of Bible verse. Spare me, Glee. Spare all of us. But Artie saves the scene again. Kevin McHale, you are a national treasure. Three more funny judges. The Glee writers have been a big, have a big folder of these. Another Glee tradition which has lost its charm through overuse. At least none of them are Lindsay Lohan or Paris Hilton. The evil warblers just make me a little sad. Have we all forgotten what this group used to be? Remember the mini warbler from the Glee movie nobody saw? <laughs> oh, we remember him. Oh. Now they're just a bunch of smirky D-bags who we'd require, we're required to hate. Shame on you, Glee. Oh, and now cat face <laughs> <and> Jimmy Elmer <laughs> is at a showcase number. Who asked for this? 
If season one was the season of Rachel, season two was a season of Kurt, season three was a season of Finn, season four is a season of gymnastics. It's the flipping a show on TV. Okay, so Kurt and Rachel's Thanksgiving went in another direction entirely. I honestly did not anticipate a room full of drag queens having a kiki while Rachel spouts some nonsense about turkey lurkey time. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. It's ridiculous, of course, and it should be a good thing for Glee. It's all a little too wholesome, though. Erica, you are probably familiar with Bill Hader's Stefan character from SNL. I wanted this scene to basically be one of <laughs> Stefan's monologues brought to life. <laughs> that would have been great. Do you know Stefan? I do not know Stefan. Oh, it's Bill Hader, and he's basically this homosexual character who comes on um, Weekend Update. And okay. Seth is always as- asking him where, like, like, they'll usually do it around a holiday. So this past one, he asked, you know... Where are the where are the happening spots for tourists to go this season? And he, you know, what's good spots for them for tourists new to the city to visit? And he always launches into this big tirade where he's like, "Well, the happening new club is called Uh, and it's located between a trash can and uh, a church. Like it's just a, this big, re- long, ridiculous thing about like that nobody would ever want to visit, and it's very, very specific. And they're really funny, and you should watch one. Okay. If I can find one, I'll stick one on the end of the episode. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. He continues. Just like the big folder of funny judges in the writer's room, there must be a folder of funny gimmick choirs doomed to come in third on competition shows. I think they're scrapping the, sc- scraping the bottom of the butter churn with this one, though. If they'd done Amish Power... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another song at karaoke. Wayne. If they'd done Amish Paradise, that would have been a different story. And, yes, I saw the clip of Jonathan Groff performing Amish... What? Yeah, you didn't see that? No, there's a clip of Jonathan Groff performing Amish Paradise. There's like multiple clips of Jonathan Groff doing karaoke, and one of the things he does is Amish Paradise. I need to see it, because I need to see is he Is he better than me? I mean, obviously he is. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. This is decidedly not awesome. It just seems smug and condescending. Boo on Glee for this. What? Everybody was enjoying it. I like that they didn't like, you know, nobody made fun of it. Everybody seemed to like it. I liked it. Wind continues. But there's a little moment when Sugar passes one of the Midnight Kids backstage and says, good job. And she says it like a real person would under these circumstances. Not like a Glee character delivering a line of dialogue. It's a nice little flicker of authenticity. I've been to a lot of student cup music competitions and there's a taste of, and that's a taste of what they're like. I didn't catch that, but I like that. The big Kurt Blaine phone call scene, complete with a T-Mobile plug, is yet another moment in this episode which should work on me, but which curiously falls a little flat. It's not bad from a writing or acting standpoint, but it doesn't reach out of the TV screen and grab me by the throat the way it should. I don't want it to be bigger or more dramatic, necessarily. Less can be more when it comes to drama. Lee obviously wants us to know that this scene is a big honkin' deal, though, because they break out the snare drum music and gives Sarah Jessica Parker an honorary slow-motion hallway scene at the end. It's like a coronation ceremony or the lighting of the Olympic torch or something. I've never seen New Girl. Has Zoe Deschanel slept with all the guys in the apartment yet? <laughs> no. Erica? No. no. Any of them? Uh, no, but we're waiting for her to sleep with Nick, but they can't seem to get it together. Predictable. Well, obviously. But well, really well, good at the same time. I know. I know. I I was hard on the show, but from what I understand, the show is... Well, I was hard on the show. I despised it when it first started. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is just terrible. And then, like, within five episodes, they were off and running and so much better. And it's just really funny now. I mean, like, the, the couple of minutes I catch of it, usually before or after Glee, back in the day when it used to come on after, like, I thought, yeah, same thing. I'm like, it, it's actually, you know, it's funny. It's enjoyable. But, yeah. it's. Good. I have enough TV in my life. I can't take any more. It is good now, though. I do enjoy it. I know Brienne enjoys it, too. Gotcha. Okay. Wayne continues, blah, 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 Marley sad, Jake nice, writer also nice, boring. If we promise to watch The Secret Life of Marley Margaret, portrait of a bulimic, bulimic starring Callista Flockhart, will you drop this goddamn story already, Glee? I actually have seen it, Eni. Not bad, as these things go. <laughs> Did I, I think I saw that. I think I saw parts of it. I remember watching something on HBO where Callista Flockhart, a young Callista Flockhart, was like grocery shopping and bought a lot of things and then was throwing up. So that must have been it. <laughs> uh, but then, unless like she just did a lot of movies like that. But then the announcer says those magic words, the new directions, and it still makes me <laughs> laugh even four seasons in. And I and he totally, I think that's Ian Brennan um, doing it, and I'm pretty sure he's saying new directions. He has to be. You must be. Glee, what have we discussed about rapping and singing competitions? No, no, and again, no. Jenna Ushkowitz's Inner Thoughts Part 2. We all know what's going on here. They gave me the lead on this song because I'm Asian and no other reason. Okay, Jenna, smile pretty for the cameras. Let's get through this. Musically, the, the Glee kids turn Gangnam Style into kids' bop material. But Artie's sexy face is hilarious. God damn, Artie's having a great episode. 
okay, I'll admit it, the show does deviate from the competition show formula at the end there, but that's it's it's by focusing on the awful, awful, awful Bellina story. I was kind of relieved when Marley fainted because I thought my TV was a flip. <laughs> Because I thought my TV was fucking up for a few seconds. And next week, the very future of the Glee Club is in jeopardy for the one gazillionth time. Sue has reverted to her season one self because the writers don't know what to do with her. And it looks like Will is back in her lives way sooner than expected or desired. So that was, oh, uh, what was that called? Was it just Thanksgiving? All in all, not horrible. Not one I'd ever want to watch again, though, except maybe to get some shameful joy out of watching Marley Paul. <laughs> I'm still having major trouble caring about any of this. The show is barely worth my time, and my time is pretty cheap. <laughs> Over the summer, I predicted that Glee was going to morph into Tiny Toon Adventures, and that's exactly what has happened. But I was never a Tiny Toons fan. Not only were Babs and Buster Bunny... Not only were Babs and Buster Bunny kind of lame characters, but the classic Looney Tunes characters who mentored them became lame by osmosis in their presence. There are far worse shows than either Glee or Tiny Toons, but by the same token, they're not what I would seek out in entertainment. I guess we'll have to leave it at that. I'm going to say this episode was basically a draw for me. Yours are per- yours in perpetuity, Wayne Kotke, who you can find at nutrirights.blogspot.com. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I was, I liked the episode more than him this time around, uh, but I, you know, he made some excellent points all around. Yeah, mm. he always makes good points. Absolutely, yeah. So next week we get to find out what happens to Glee Club. Yep, we'll, we'll see if it's continued, and then and then we... we'll just go to New York. Sure, Mike can come. Maybe his he he does a semester in New York. Maybe all the characters we like do a semester in New York. How's that? That sounds great. Let's review oh, that show. Early, he can move to New York. All that. We're there. Perfect. All right. So if you want to reach us, uh gleecast at gmail.com or mm-hmm. search for us on Facebook. Yep, join our group. We'll talk. We'll, we'll chat. We'll have a kiki. We'll have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Kiki. Let's, let's go have Turkey. a kiki. Uh, and as far as when we're recording next, we haven't talked about that yet. Nope. We'll let you know. Sometime next week. Check the Facebook group. Indeed. We'll post it there. Or you can ask and that will remind us that we have to figure that out. Yep. Okay. On that note, happy kiki bulimia day. <laughs> Goodbye.